Well, it's a pleasure and a privilege to welcome Peter McPherson to MSU today. Peter was our 19th president of Michigan State University from October of 93 through 2004. He's also president emeritus of the Association of Public and Land-Grant Universities. Peter, so great to see you again. It's wonderful to be back on campus. I was here uh, yesterday and saw the game and uh, enjoyed so much being back on campus and seeing the people here. And before we talk a little more, sir, my sincerest condolences about the passing of your wonderful wife and life partner, Joanne, this past June. What a wonderful legacy she has left with MSU Safe Place, the nation's first and still most comprehensive on-campus domestic violence shelter. But just your thoughts on, on Joanne. Well, it was not really easy in some ways to come to the game yesterday because I've never gone to one of these games without Joanne. Uh, she she was so dedicated to Safe Place and so committed to having it work. And, of course, now after all these decades, really, it's worked very well. The other thing that Joanne, uh, she was always, she always had an idea. <laughs> uh, but when we got here, Beaumont Tower bells weren't ringing any. And they hadn't rung for about a year. And she said, what's this? We got the Beaumont Tower bells need to ring. So I began to hear instantly about the Beaumont Tower. And uh, after bells and after not too long, uh, people, we got together. And actually, as you know, the Beaumont Tower was reconstructed. The bells were, uh, were, were ringing and they've rung ever since. So it was safe place in Beaumont Tower bells. <laughs> and the signs. It was interesting. When we got here, uh, for whatever reason, the signs entering campus uh, were, were a set of, uh, of wire structures. And they looked pretty bad. And Joanne, never wanting things to look bad, said, what are these entrances to campuses? We've got to have these look better. And now, you know, they've, they're now stone and permanent and they look really good and they've been that way since about 1994 and that was joanne saying what is what's this a great lady rest in peace joanne and and peter take me back to growing up in lowell obviously i think all of your siblings came to msu as well but why was msu the place for you to come for college well of course it was a farm in west michigan dairy and fruit farm and we were tied into Michigan State, agriculture, the ag extension people. I was, all my brothers and sisters, we all were very active in 4-H, kind of competing against each other, actually. We brought our cattle here to show the 4-H fair. All my sisters were in 4-H clothing where they made their dresses. And, and a couple of them won the, the county competition which was a big deal back then. There were 4,000 girls in Kent County who were all competing to represent Kent County to come down. I mean, I I remember my Latin teacher in high school saying, Peter, you really ought to go to Michigan. And I thought to myself, she was such a wonderful lady, Mrs. Roth. I liked her so much. But I thought to myself, Mrs. Roth, what are you thinking? I'm, <laughs> I do remember it so clearly. Mrs. Roth, what are you thinking? Of course I'm going to Michigan State. And how would you say your time as a Spartan student kind of set you up for your the rest of your professional life and, and impacted you? The moment I came on campus, I ran for, class, for freshman class vice president. We had the campaign all set up before I arrived, actually. I lost, by the way. I think I was third out of ninth. 
But then I became class president a couple of years later. I was very involved in campus stuff. And, but Michigan State, you know, it, my family was was educated, really, for the day. Quite well educated. Father read a lot. It isn't as if I came from a, a world like that that so many students come from where they didn't, where their parents hadn't gone to college at all and there hadn't. As I think about it, we had lots of advantages. But Michigan State opened up the world, which is what it's supposed to be, right? Right. Open up the world. Uh, to, it worked in the sense I saw the world geographically much bigger and I saw the world intellectually much bigger. And I had some professors which were wonderful. Old Madison Kuhn, the Michigan historian. I, I still think of things that Madison talked about. Michigan State opened up the world to me. And, I, and of course, that kind of experience is, is a sort of experience which, which we all want to provide to, to students. And, of course, one of the first things you did after leaving MSU was go to the Peace Corps. And throughout your career, you've always been very focused on international issues from USAID to the partnership to cut hunger and poverty in Africa. Did that develop at MSU? You're seeing it open up the world to you. But why why were you always so interested in international issues? Well, some certainly at Michigan State. uh, But the Peace Corps dramatically expanded my view. But I, the combination of those two things, I think, are, are, are the opening experiences. And I think I was always curious anyway. You went on to a very distinguished career in so many places, working for both Presidents Ford and Reagan. There's so much you did, but can you just sort of highlight your time well, between it, being a Spartan to coming back to lead the place and sort of the impact those presidents had on well, you? Well, I, I went to law school after I got right. back from the Peace Corps, and then I worked for the IRS and the Treasury and had the very fortunate experience. It really was a critical opportunity, was I went to work for President Ford, not through Grand Rapids, not through the, the political process, not through Grand Rapids, but through some some associations there in Washington as uh Deputy Director, kind of the Chief Operating Officer of the White House Personnel Office, the office that makes recommendations to presidents on people. Ford was a wonderful man, but he didn't know I was there, and I knew him some. He knew my my parents, but in in a White House, you never talk about how you know the president unless you really know the president and see him every day. It's just it's not the way to get ahead. So I told my boss quietly I knew President Ford. When he, after he hired me, but I never said anything about it again. And I he didn't even remember, I don't think. So one day, Bill Walker, whose name, ran by my office, said, Peter Regago, see the president about this personnel matter you've been, that you know all about and you've been working on. So we walk in the Oval Office, and Ford said, Peter, what are you doing here? <laughs> How are your parents? <laughs> Walker was surprised. <laughs> But Ford was a very good man, and and uh, you may remember when we when we dedicated the law school building mm-hmm. here on campus, uh, President Ford came back and gave the dedication speech. He was a very good man, and we all miss him. And then, how about President Reagan? Well, as it uh, is a long story on how, but I ended up sort of being the technical planner for the transition between. We started in the summer of 80, well before the election. 
for Reagan Bush. And then when the when the election occurred, I was the, the general counsel to the transition, which was a wonderful position. Then uh, the afternoon of the inauguration, Jim Baker, who was about to become chief of staff of, of President Reagan, subsequently Secretary of State, etc., called and said, Peter, the White House counsel, uh, for technical reasons, can't come immediately. So you're the White House counsel's uh, tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> upon the swearing of the President Reagan, which is wonderful, actually. And I had this great team that we'd build up on the as as the, the general counsel transition. So we moved into the White House that afternoon. I walked back with my son from the inauguration of President Reagan, uh, and I I was I I know I was the first one in the in the Reagan White House to come from that inauguration. And then ran the foreign aid program under President Reagan when my true successor as White House counsel came in and uh, was Jim Baker's deputy at, at Treasury. Uh, the Reagan years were wonderful years. And then, sir, the early 90s, what made you want to come back and be the president of your alma mater? Well, I was, I was the, uh, after Treasury, after the Reagan years, I went to Bank of America in San Francisco basically handling a, a good chunk of their international operations. They had operations in Latin America and other places. But then I got enticed to, you know, the, the Michigan State job came open and is involved in how, it, how I came about it. But anyway, to come back to Michigan State, wow. A lot less money and other things, but that never, I mean, geez, run Michigan State was a, was a dream I never really expected to even have an opportunity to do. And uh, you can imagine the, my seven brothers and sisters living in West Michigan, what they thought, oh my goodness. By that time, unfortunately, my father and mother uh, had passed away. I think often, certainly did, did back then, how sad it was that they weren't around because my father especially, I mean, geez, this would have been Anyway, well, and when I think of your many accomplishments during your tenure, some of the things that come to mind, the tuition guarantee, I remember you saying every Big Ten university needs a law school and look at the MSU College of Law now and and the prescience you had to to get get us over to Grand Rapids and have a presence there. And when you see the Michigan Mile now, just some of your thoughts on what are you kind of proud of and what, ah, geez, I wish I could have gotten this done. Well, the uh, the law school is is uh, is exciting. Detroit College of Law was a very old, very, very solid law school. I mean, I don't mean that in any way diminutive because they were very strong. They produced the judges, the prosecuting attorneys, the heavy practice lawyers throughout that part of the state and beyond. And the chair of their board, well, he was was, uh, on the board, but he was designated as the leader, the leader of of this effort with Judge Dick Sir Heinrich. And uh, the judge is was on the Sixth Circuit, Federal Sixth Circuit uh, bench. Very, very prestigious. You know, those are just next to the Supreme Court. Uh, the judge is retired, but I still, I think still has, is involved in some cases under their processes. But Sir Heinrich was my counterpart. 
And I, I think it is probably fit. I saw David Porteous yesterday. He said, without you and Dick Heinrich, we wouldn't have a law school. I would have started off by saying, without Dick Heinrich, we wouldn't have a law school. Because he, he is really a grand man with enormous capability. But we did put that law school together. First, they wanted, there was some thought it might be in Detroit, which wasn't optimal. There were some issues. And ultimately, it became here, an independent school. We appointed some of the board. Uh, they appointed some board. This is, you know, they were, you know, they had some real self-identity that they were intent to protect, which I thought was reasonable. And the agreement that I had with them was I would never push there to be a closer affiliation. They may decide they wanted it, and that may be appropriate at the time, but you it's not going to be MSU that pushes a closer affiliation. Then before I left, they came to me and said, we want a closer affiliation. Uh, and now it's, after several years, it's called the Michigan State College of Law. People's names disappear in the fog of history too often, and Dix or Heinrich, who is still very much with us, <laughs> and uh, I, I think so highly of Dick. The medical school idea, we wouldn't have had a medical school in West Michigan. I mean, there were a lot of, it was a, it was a struggle, and, and the, actually it came together uh, in the years after I left. But in my mind, the key decision, the key, a key meeting, there were several. Anything like this has several key meetings. Uh, but a key meeting was meeting with a meeting I had with Rich DeVos in the hangar uh, in the Grand Rapids Airport uh, where I laid out how we wanted to do this. And basically DeVos said it's a good idea and it wouldn't have happened, I'm, I know, without, uh, well, DeVos's uh, important key intervention than the years afterwards had unfolded. It unfolded. Yeah. There was, so there, there, there were a lot of many, things. yes, <laughs> many, many, and every, and everything involves uh, usually many people, many people play their part, and lots of decisions. But those are some of the, and you know, one of the things I, I'm so. Pleased of to have been part of is WJR. Well, I was just going to ask you about that. One of my favorite things we worked on early on was just well, starting well, those relationships with Mike Feezy and getting well, WJR back to their rightful place, right? <laughs> absolutely. Just as I said, it wouldn't happen without law school, without uh, Dix or Heinrich. Russ, this wouldn't happen without you. Now, you and I know that. Now, this whole campus ought to know that, but you and I know it to uh, uh, absolutely. Because you had the relationships there, and you kept promoting it, and of course you're a, a persuasive and a persistent person and a strategic thinker. So it worked out. I got down there, gave you know, was on the program lot. They liked this. We treated them with a, with great respect and care, and they liked us and. And do course bingo to the surprise of the world out here. <laughs> uh, so to me, uh, this was always from the Michigan State side of things. This is always Russ White. Thank oh, you. Kind of you to say, sir. Well, you know, I think that. How yes. many times have I told you this? This isn't just on this program. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs>
And you know, sir, I mentioned at the top, you are president emeritus of the Association of Public and Land Grant Universities, where you spent a long time after being at MSU. Talk about that organization and, and what its mission is. Well, not long after I, I left Michigan State, I became the president of this association, which is uh, the association of all the large uh, public uh, universities. It's Michigan, Michigan State, it's Purdue, it's Indiana, et cetera, around the country. Really, almost without exception, those schools are all members. It's been an active organization. Actually, the land-grant part of this is over 100 years old. Hannah was once chair of this board, actually, of the APLU board. It's got a history. It's merged in. The, the land-grants merged with the, the non-land-grants, the Michigans, the Indianas, 50 years ago. Hannah put together the merger, as he put together so many things. And it's a, it, very aggressive and active in Washington on appropriations for universities, uh, deep commitment to student degree completion, to equity, to minority students having the same percentages of graduation rates as majority students, et cetera. And uh, I've run that. Uh, I, I retired 10 days ago. <laughs> and I, if I'd stayed, I would have run it for 17 years in January. So I've been there a long time, and it's been a great place. And it's, uh, I'm uh, pleased that that Sam was on the board, is on the board of EPLU. Sam, our our new, not so new anymore, our very capable president here at Michigan State. And incidentally, uh, so too is the new president Santa Uno of uh, coming to Michigan. We've got, APLU has a small group of Canadian and Mexican members. We we put this together. For you. I thought we ought to have a zone of knowledge. So we got a zone of knowledge, Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., and in that zone of knowledge are a group of prestigious Mexican and uh, Canadian public universities. So Santa was there uh, representing the Canadian group of universities, because he comes from the pres from the presidency of University of British Columbia. And tell me a little bit more about your close relationship with President Stanley. Well, he, he he's been on the board for a long time. He was president of Stony Brook before, where I first came to know him. Uh, he's a guy who is a who we at APLU have always seen as a guy we could go to to get things done during the the pandemic, his medical expertise. Uh, he spoke a set of times. I almost thought, geez, maybe I'm having my, people are going to think I'm biased about Michigan State if I keep on having, having Sam. The presidents get together, the presidents of this organization around the country. And Sam uh, was a person who could serve with real expertise uh, and talk about the problems we were all having. So Sam has always been a go-to guy that we could, and for him to come to Michigan State, I think, was was just outstanding uh, for Michigan State and for him. And Peter, as we move forward, more from maybe your 30,000-foot view, what concerns you about higher education's future? What are you hopeful about? What, what maybe keeps you up at night? There's sort of some challenges and opportunities moving forward. Well... There are a set of things, uh, a set of problems and, and opportunities. We need to continue to increase our graduation rates. 
those graduation rates need to be for less time. It was during the Vietnam War we slipped away from the four-year degree. It really is interesting. Campuses during Watergate and civil rights and Balmia, Cambodia, that, that whole period of time, campuses became less demanding in some ways or, or expectations. And so we slipped into not having everybody degree graduate in four years. Now, it's not the students had to work back then. There are other problems. So we gotta, we, we've got to have students, more students graduate. And students graduate in less time. And, of course, we, there are cost considerations. Legislatures have given give a substantially lower percentage of the cost than they once did. Uh, the Pell Grant money is helpful, and we've pushed hard for more Pell money. And, of course, students are more, they're non-traditionally nationally, Non-traditional students nationally make out the majority of students, not necessarily at a Michigan State, but nationally. And minority students, low-income students, don't graduate at the same levels. They need to borrow more, of course. There's this whole set of, of equity, graduation, and cost issues that, of course, I could spend all your program on because I'm so immersed in them. Uh, that are deep concern. On the other hand, there's some successes. I looked at the EPLU numbers uh, over the last 10 years under Department of Education data, and our Hispanic students over the last 10 years have grown 70%. Now, the black students, the numbers haven't moved that much. The Hispanic student population has grown. These are the kinds of issues we need to continue to really grapple with and make progress on. We know how to graduate students better than we did. We've got the technology. I know these are important issues for Michigan State. Graduation rates here are quite high, but, you know, there's, they could, I know there's a commitment to make them higher. Well, now that you're emeritus president of APLU, you're not the type to just sit around. What, what's next? What are, what's going to keep you busy in, in the years ahead? Well, I'm working on my projects. I haven't. I'm not ready to announce my <laughs> okay. projects yet, but I'm. Uh, I'm. I've got two or three things that I think I might get. Well, I know that would be your for sure the way you would operate. Uh, I, not yeah. the type to just fade away. <laughs> no, I don't want to just fade away. I want projects, so and, I'm working. Yeah, those. and speaking of that, Peter, as we wrap up, just sort of what do you hope your legacy is as president of MSU, or do you not even worry about that kind of thing? Well, I think if you worry about it too much, it's a mistake, actually. There were certainly some key things here that I'm very proud of. But I would start by saying I have this picture on my wall that all those years, that last couple of years at Michigan State and all those years at, at APLU, a picture of this MSU young woman and her graduation regalia. It's just her face, basically. It's kind of... It, and tears are running down her cheeks. And to me, that ultimately, what this, what a university presidency needs to be about is, is how much and what, what kind of job the individual student gets, what kind of education they get. You can have a great university, and if you're 
opportunities and experiences are terrible. It's not a great university to you. So you got to, so ultimately, and I think Michigan State educates happily and successfully many students. So I start there. I love my picture, actually. I point out my picture to when I sent out this farewell letter 10 days ago to all my EPLU colleagues across the country. I pointed out my MSU graduate picture with the tears running down her cheeks. I don't even know who the young lady is, actually. Terry Denbo, our old buddy here. <laughs> uh, some, you get, somebody took it here. I think the law school is important. I think uh, the beginnings of this idea, I certainly didn't put together the, the transactions that went forward, but the idea and beginnings of the work on the medical school. I think the work we did on Psychotron, because that could have died a thousand times. I mean, the Department of Energy was not willing to have us even be a competitor, really. And Senator Levin in Detroit, from U.S. Senator Levin, who is chair of the Defense Authorization Committee, who oversaw the labs. It was great to have him as senator at the time. Levin insisted. I mean, I keeping that alive and pushing it along. The tuition guarantee, which uh, forced control of expenditures. But this place is so complex. There's so many things that I learned and was part of. And as I've said several times, every project has many fathers and mothers and many contributors. So I was proud to lead Michigan State for those years. Right. Well, Peter, so great to see you again. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of your insights with our audience and uh, all the best moving forward. Well, thank you so much, Ross. And to you too. And the WJR. (laughs) (laughs) Michigan State University's 19th president, Peter McPherson, with us today. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.